Hey everybody, welcome into the Langford Life Podcast. I'm Rodney. And I'm Alita. And this is a podcast about meeting obstacles in life, overcoming, and some other crazy stuff happening, <laughs> going on. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. We're two people who are basically uh, inviting you along on a journey of a really unique situation, both um, finding love after loss and merging seven kiddos together. Uh, we're just wanting to kind of answer everyone's questions about how in the world do you manage all this chaos and crazy um, kind of midlife when you least expect it. So this is all going to be a little bit about our journey, our story, and a lot of freaking hilarious stories. Yep. It's not perfect, but it's the length of life. That's the way we go, yo. That's it. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Langford. Gee, sorry. That's all right. Keep going. <laughs> you just threw me off my game there a little bit. Uh, we'll start when we start it. Uh, well, there's no sense in doing that. Well, now we. <laughs> there's no sense in that. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Langford Life Podcast. Been a minute. Uh, do I talk now? Yeah, you talk now. A hot minute. Been just a little bit. We've had things going on, haven't we, honey? Oh my gosh! Selling a house. Selling another house. Building a house. Yeah. You would think with the quarantine being on and we're just stuck here at the house, most of the time we would have pumped out, you know, five or six podcasts, but it's incredible how busy we've been just here in our own home. Well, busy in a, in a happy, busy yeah. way. <laughs> productive, productive. Busy with seven kids, keeping them, you know, so moving the needle forward. Alita says to me, she says, look, we've got to get a podcast in. Our loyal fan base is clamoring for it. I said, sure, honey, we need to get that done. We need to do it. I'll set everything up. She says, but we got to come at this hard. We got to bring a hard, heavy hitter, something that everyone's going to love, something we've never done before. And so today, what are we doing? Never seen before. Um, well, today is, I'm really, really, really excited for you guys to hear this interview that we did with Miss Carolyn Moore, who is an inspiration, especially to the widow community. She is an advocate, she is a voice. Just a powerful voice. She spoke with the UN Nation. Is that the right word? United Nations. United Nations. She talked on Oprah. Okay, that to me is like she gets a thousand million kudos for that. <laughs> she was on the Oprah show. She is just a powerhouse of a woman who just really is bringing light and awareness to widowhood. And I think that our eyes were so opened at the stats that she threw out yeah. and at the stories that she was basically sharing about widowhood and how, you know, really for her and her um, organization, which is Modern Widows Club, which I'm a part of, um, she talks about it's not the grief, but the growth, mm -hmm. the growth kind of after the grief comes. And so it is just a powerful, powerful, I feel like interview. Um, I'm going to work on my interviewing skills a little bit more. <laughs> I thought you did great. I thought you were prepared. I was just You asked so great nervous. questions. You got the, you got the interviewee engaged. <laughs> I thought it was great. I was the not on the log. Oh I was goodness. just over here just listening and smiling and nodding. Mm. Well, she just she blew our minds. And I can honestly say I've been thinking about all the things that she said over the last couple days. And I know you had a lot of aha moments off of what she was sharing about widowed men. Yeah. And did it make you feel good just to know, okay, that that's why I did that. Yeah. Oh, she, that doesn't make me yeah. feel alone. Oh, that doesn't make me feel crazy. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's what, you know, when she was sharing a lot about widowhood journey with me, um, I've had the honor of, you know, getting to know Carolyn, um, on a few events we've been to 
And she just is such an inspiring keynote speaker and just a, a truly incredible woman. So she joined us all the way from Costa Rica yesterday via telephone. Mm-hmm. And we did this podcast. So I can't wait, wait for you guys to hear it. All right, here we go. Life for Life podcast, episode number 27, interview yes. with Carolyn Moore, uh, president and founder of Modern Widows Club. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Today, I am like beside myself so excited because I have a the privilege of having one of my dear, sweet friends who just inspires me, has encouraged me through my walk and um, and just really shown me the way with widowhood and how to do it in such a grace-filled way while helping other people. And so I'm going to just tell you a little bit about Miss Carolyn Moore. She founded the nonprofit Modern Widows Club in 2011. It is a mentoring, leadership, development, and advocacy organization to empower widows to thrive that is 35,000 ladies strong. I love that so much. She became a global widow advocate after speaking at the United Nations, y'all, United Nations, in 2016 for the launch of the Global Widows Report. She experienced widowhood herself in the year 2000 at age 37 and became a solo parent to her daughters at two and four years old to whom she raised on her own until they left for college. During those years, she ran her own professional interior design firm, creating homes for many well-known clientele around the world. But in 2006, she found herself sitting on Oprah's sofa and being interviewed on the Oprah Winfrey show discussing how to parent in widowhood. After that, widows worldwide began to reach out to her and ask for guidance. In 2019, she began studying at Stanford University to study international women's health and human rights. In the same year, she launched her podcast, Healthy Widow, Healthy Woman, that is raising awareness on a global scale. Currently, she is the full-time development director at Modern Widows Club, helping to advance widows' services, programs, outreach, and causes. She recently became, became engaged and plans to marry in 2020. I am so excited for y'all to hear from Miss Carolyn. Carolyn, how are you over there in Costa Rica? I'm doing good. I, I keep cutting out a little bit, so I hope we, I hope we get to record this pretty easily. Yes. Costa Rica is awesome. It's a beautiful country. Um, we love the ministries that we're, we're involved with down here, and um, we hope help you guys with home business sometime. Yes, we would love that, wouldn't we? Yes, we would. <laughs> <laughs> I've shown him all the pictures on Facebook. He's like, oh, my God, we got to go. It looks gorgeous. So tell us a little bit about your story, about maybe you and Richard, who you're currently engaged to. The COVID-19 kind of messed up the wedding plans there, but... Yeah, we were, we were, well, I met Richard last year, actually, after some of the Modern Widows Club ladies went on a trip to Israel, Mm. and Mm -hmm. and so I was supposed to be on that trip, and what happened was my father got ill, and I ended up having to go and and care for him in hospice, so I missed Mm. the trip that I had sort of arranged and made happen for these ladies from Modern Widows Club, Mm -hmm. and, but Richard was actually on that tour with Rabbi Jason Sobel. And they, you know, you get to know someone and you've hung around them for about 10 days. And then they mm-hmm. were like, hey, uh, he's like, how do you guys know each other? And he was just really inquisitive and caring. And he didn't. And he found out that they were part of this organization called Modern Widows Club. And their founder was supposed to be on the trip, but she couldn't come. And he was like, I'd really like to meet her and talk to, 
more about her organization because I have a foundation and we like to offer seed money to very deserving and worthy mm-hmm. nonprofits. So crazy. Lo, lo and behold, I was because you know we teach our leaders you need to talk about what widows need. We need you know organizations like one of widows clubs need support. You know they need yes. they need support in a lot of different areas. So. So Richard came back to the States, and um, we got on the phone, and mm-hmm. we found out that we both grew up in Arkansas, in small towns. Stop it. And <laughs> I can hardly handle this already. I know, I know, right? <laughs> so I was just like, oh, you know, that's interesting that we grew up in Arkansas. And then his family was in California, and I was born in California. And, and so there were just so many different ties. We really both have a heart to serve others. Mm-hmm. And um, through that conversation, I was just like, oh, it's very nice for you to want to. I was, I was very professional, very, right. you know, <laughs> love for you to, you know, help support our organization. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. And then two months later, when he was coming to check on some of the other projects that he was working on, we finally met in person uh, in Orlando. And so. From that moment, we just went, uh, <laughs> is, there something, is there something more going on here? But, you know, but of course me, I was just like, no, keep it all professional. You know, you don't want to cross that line. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so I didn't cross that line. He crossed the line. So then <laughs> it, was, it was really great because then he would, every time I would see him, he would say, um, I just want to know, do you want to continue seeing each other? And let me tell you what my answer is first. Mine is yes. Okay, now go. Oh, I love okay. that. So I really appreciated his leadership, you know, in the, in the relationship and, and, and being courageous enough to say, this is what I want. Yes. And what do you think about this, right? Inviting me into something wonderful. And I, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes... You know, men forget to do that, to take the lead, but invite women into something that's wonderful for their future. And I know I've been single for 20 years. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, girl, um, it's not that I haven't dated. I just, you know, it's almost like I dated and I learned a lot. Let's put it that way. I learned a lot (laughs) who I was and what I hoped for the future. And I have to say that this is such a God, God-aligned, God ordained, it's so obvious to both of us on so many multiple levels mm-hmm. that um, it's just undeniable. And so mm-hmm. we, all, we were all in very fast <laughs> with being together. Yeah. I love that. I love how you said he invited you into something wonderful. That just gave me chills head to toe. And that he, you know, he didn't, he was just so tender with your heart, too, in a leadership way. I just find that amazing. Well, he, he you know, I kept, I, later on I asked him, what, 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 what drew you towards me? And he said, your purpose. You oh. are such a woman of purpose that how could I not admire, that's what I admired first. And then I learned who you were personally and how big your heart was just you know, for, for God's heart, really. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who cares about widows as much as I do, who, you know, really, no one has to. You know, yes. we don't have to care about the things we care about. But for me to care so much about um, 
the hurting hearts of widows. Mm-hmm. It, it, he saw that that is like God's heart hurting, and and he wanted to be a part of that. He wanted to be part of that comforting and loving experience. And so it's been really oh, great for that. both of us to, to brainstorm and uh, figure out how to do more. Right. Yeah. Right. I just I love I love 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 that. And so when you when you even say like doing more, what does that look like for you? Because you're already serving at least thirty five thousand widows in Modern Widows Club um, through just really kind of su- providing support to them, providing some financial needs to them. Um, so what are you, what are your kind of your plans for the for the future? Uh, we'd like to create a whole revival around uh, the world on how people uh, see and hear and serve widows in general. It's, it's a, as a demographic for women, it's one of the most underserved areas of their lives. We, we mm-hmm. do, I, I would say the most, uh, most outreach does a pretty good job for the unborn when you're a little girl, when you, when you grow up, when you go to college. Um, with, whether you choose to get married or not, you know, having children and even divorce, we, mm-hmm. we have programs. But when you become widowed, there is something that happens universally around the world, and that's that women are forgotten. Mm. And they're in a stage of their life where they have so much to give back, but not a platform to step onto. And so there needs to be a lot of education and awareness raised because it's untapped wisdom and it's untapped compassion. And it can be used in a, in a lot of ways where it benefits it benefits future generations mm-hmm. and, 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 and women in, in general um, who will face this because 70% of all married women will become widowed. And so this is not common knowledge that most people have. So we're, we're not really preparing young, young women, uh, the younger generation, for the what if, right? right. We, we, can right. Have, we can have better relational conversations. We can talk about this in marriage classes at places of worship. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of areas, and we want to be able to um, kind of strike up those conversations. Mm-hmm. He made it possible for me to meet Joel Osteen this year and Dodi Osteen and Rick Warren. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that they don't want to do something. They just don't know how to do it. And this is where widows can be very powerful uh, in the conversation. Right. I love that. So I feel like what you're what you're really like, I mean, really truly saying is basically we, we want to take off the stigma of like the awkwardness around being widowed and saying, Hey, we want to have real conversations and break down walls and break down barriers and provide true support. And really, I love hearing you say it's really because these women have so much to offer. So it's not just about us supporting them, but them coming up and being fierce. I know that for me, even in my widowhood, it brought me a strength I didn't know I had. Right. You know, it developed in me a powerhouse of a person that I just didn't even know was there before. So I love that outlook, Carolyn. I love that so much. Well, and that's, you know, what Roddy saw in you, right? There's something very attractive about a woman who has walked through fire and come out of it even better than before. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what these formidable women are. Like, I see that all the time. But mm-hmm. that is, like, I'm seeing the reality, but what most people think of widows is the myth. They think, mm-hmm. you know, what, well, you can just Google the word widow and you'll get a good idea of what the world thinks what widows are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, do you, what is that? What is that? 
What do you think people think well, women are? They they either think they're a superhero because you know Hollywood has has you know really promoted widows as this dynamic force for. Um, you know, widows begging on the streets of India, which, right. which is true. Right. Which is true. But the reality is, is there's no distinguishing, there's okay. not, no way to distinguish whether you're in a room full of widows or a room full of just mm-hmm. women in general, right? Right, and yes. And so like, people think that it's our grandmothers, but, you know, what we have found in my widows club is that they're also daughters. They're also mm. nieces. Yeah. They're young. Yes. There, there is no age where, you, you know, that, that determines. The question is, is you know, um, we, 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 have to re, uh, we have to reframe what we think a widow is. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and you and I are an example of that, right? Mm-hmm. You were younger than I was. I was 37 when mm-hmm. I became widowed, and, mm-hmm. and that was 20 years ago. Right, so. right, <laughs> right. I love that. And, and really, for me, I was looking, like when you found me and Modern Widows Club, that's uh-huh. what I was looking for. I right. was looking for these inspirational women to look up to and to sort of um, emulate these role models and yes. almost like fake it till I make it. Yes. And I needed that. And I really, my suffering was prolonged really too long because I didn't have that. And so now mm-hmm. I see the value of it existing in the world. And I want to participate in actually creating more of those amazing widow role I love, I have chills head to toe when you say that. <laughs> I just think, I mean, that makes me so emotional because I just think, um, you know, when, when I first became widowed, I mean, and Ryan and I both talked about this, is I would go on to, you know, Facebook or you just kind of start looking, you know, where, where yeah. is there, who, who's walked my road who understands? And I had to get off of any kind of group because it was yep. so depressing. And it was like, I just, I couldn't find it. And so it makes me emotional to think about, you know, coming and getting to meet you in a small, precious room with Winona Judd and Kathy Lee Gifford. Yep. And you just spoke life into that room by basically saying you're not alone. And you're just your persona, like your soul, just who you are, just radiated love and it radiated strength. And I was like, okay, that's, that's how I want to do it. You know? And it was like, I found that sort of, um, that person to look up to through it. And you'd already, you'd already walked through it, but you're also, you know, kind of made it your life's mission to say, Hey, you know, you can do it this way. And so I just, I admire you so much. I just think what you and Richard are doing and what you've done before and laying all this groundwork is just, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, you know? I mean, it's a lot of work to sit in other people's pain too. And to say, you know, me too, I understand. So can you, I I tell people all the time, you know, when, when you're ready to companion and walk through uh, life with a widow, it's not going to be a short conversation. And you right. need to prepare yourself for that not to be a short conversation, and it's, mm-hmm. and you are going to experience emotions that are are going to be beautiful, right? That right. whole beauty from ashes. You're mm-hmm. in the moment of those with these women, mm-hmm. and so. But what you experienced was seeing the potential of a future, mm-hmm. and I think that's what widows really need to hear. Mm-hmm. That there is great potential for your future. That there is great purpose 
for why this has happened, and I don't know what it is because it's unique to every person, mm-hmm. but let's find what that is together, right? That's when it, 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 it's like implied in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Let's go find that together because no one wants to walk through distress or pain alone. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what experience it is in the world. Yes. It just It's just that widowhood catches women completely off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we grow up watching the Disney movies and, you know, love is forever and to death do us part. And these things are ingrained in our, in our, in our, you know, cultural language. Right. And so when it happens, we're just like, no one told me about this other part. Yes. And so you feel really lost. And so, um, yes. so we've learned a few things and we, we make sure that women don't feel as lost as they uh, have in the past. Mm-hmm. I love that. You, I love that you said potential, letting them know they have a potential future and great purpose still. And I think that hope, and I think, you know, you can even attest to that being, you know, you, you weren't a woman being widowed, yeah. but a man just like, you know, we've talked a lot about yeah. that, not, you know, that hopelessness feeling, yeah. especially that first year. Yeah. What I found is uh, I was widowed at 40 with three kids, a 14 year old uh, son, a 12 year old daughter and a, and a seven year old son. And uh, six-year-old son, and um, <clears throat> what I found was that, like at the local church, they were more more set up to deal with divorce than they were widows. And you know, mm-hmm. being widowed is not being divorced; it's completely different, you know. And so there wasn't really a voice there to speak to me. And so as I started looking out, and I, I would call it a sister organization, but I don't think that's the right. But is there is there an organization akin to the Modern Widows Club for for men? Because I noticed as I would get recommendations to go to different grief uh, grief share groups and things like that. And uh, one story in particular, I, I drove almost an hour and a half to get up to this particular group. And I walked up to the door and it was no one in there was under 70 years old and it was mostly women. And so I'm 40 years old and I turned around and got back in my car and drove an hour and a half back home. And so I just I had a trouble finding a group. Mm-hmm. And I know my, my grandfather was widowed after 40 years of marriage and a uh, tough man went into severe depression, ended up actually taking his life, you know? And so I, I knew that was, it, it's, there's just not a group out there. It seems like to me that I could find that kind of addresses where I was at in life, you know, young, fairly young uh, husband with, with kids who had been the widowed. And I just think your group is amazing because it, it does, it, it reaches out to, to the women my, my, uh, I guess my, my need was I, I just want to find some a place where I could you know, uh, kind of be have that potential hope for the future like you were talking about with a leader just right. you know, and I struggled with that a whole lot you know, and um, thankfully Alita and I found each other <laughs> at just the right time. But um, is do you know is there any organizations similar to yours that are kind of geared towards men or is it like kind of a lost group as well? I wish I had a yes for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, um, and I actually own the uh, Modern Widower Club domain. Um, I, I bought it six years ago, hoping the same thing for you, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. it exists out there. And, and by the way, Roddy, you and I have that in common. My own grandfather took his life um, because of the depression and losing my grandmother. Yeah. So I, wow. I understand that family impact. Yeah. that it has on your life and then 
you know, how it impacted my dad. He said, you know, I'll never do that to you because it was such a, it, it becomes a family, you know, loss. Yeah, it's not exactly. just the, the one. But um, what I found about with men is, um, I, I think you, you probably know the statistics, but men typically will remarry under three years, mm-hmm. um, between, you know, six months and three years. Um, women typically will remarry anywhere from six to seven years. That's that's you at Census Bureau numbers and statistics. So what I what I've learned from grief experts and people in um, in in that that world because we're in a growth area. Wonder Women's Club is considered life support, and it's it's a growth organization, not a grief organization. So that's the first thing. Mm. But. But what but what you needed was you needed someone to under to hear someone else's story to relate to them, and um, but men typically will do that in in different types of environments like um, sports or they'll have conversations but not in the format of a group a uh, social group and women are just geared for that. So what I found mm-hmm. is that men actually find the most healing by by remarrying. By, yeah. by, by finding a woman like Alita and remarrying, men tend to heal more effectively with a woman, whereas women tend to heal first and then offer themselves as a new partner. And it's been really interesting um, watching this kind of happen over the years, and, and it was, it's definitely my experience as well. But, um, but, but that does not mean that we don't need groups for men. We do. Mm-hmm. We do need them. And so typically what I'll do is I have a small handful of uh, young widowers that I know. Some of them are pastors and some are not, but they really get the experience. And then what I would do is make that direct connection. But as far as a group for widowers, widowers have even fewer resources than widows do. Mm-hmm. Well, what and, you just that, that needs to change too. What you just described that process is almost <laughs> verbatim exactly what happened to me. <laughs> and it, it's I'm sitting here and I'm looking at them I'm like this is fascinating because it's so. I mean, even your stats on like you know the the amount of time um, and yeah. just like the healing and the personal growth and I mean I was just so into personal growth. Um, to just move through that healing and really lean into it and lean into the suffering and lean into the hurt. Um, And so I just find that absolutely fascinating. And I just love that you said growth, not grief. Like, did that not resonate with you? Grief is a a short-term response to loss, okay? And so what people really want to do is they want to move, like we're creating this, the rest of the bridge. You can kind of think of grief as sort of half, of the bridge to finding yourself, we're coming in and we're championing the growth process. We're bringing mm-hmm. in role models and advocates for you to make that the rest of the bridge. If you think of a bridge going from one side and the water being underneath you, really what has been happening is when people leave grief programs, they fall in the water and they mm-hmm. crack, you know, some people drown, yes. some people, you know, float down river and then they finally find a shore. What we're doing is we're, cre- we're creating the bridge that didn't exist so that they can get to the other side, discover the person that they are, and then find their purpose, and then run with that, right? So it was just a, it was a fractured bridge that needed to be created. And so I, I'd say grief, usually it's one to two years. People, people cannot stay in grief programs longer than that. 
So they do need some place to step into. So we're filling a gap that really no one identifies um, <laughs> that needed to exist. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hope someday that, that maybe we've approached Church Initiative um, who creates Greek Share, and we've tried to ask them to create um, a growth program for both widowers and widows because we, it, it, you can't be in the, like the reason why we don't allow men at our events and at our, our meetings is because men are looking to repartner and the conversations are different. Right. And women are looking to heal and they need to do that in privacy. Mm-hmm. So we would love to have groups of widowers and widows at the right time to meet each other. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she, starts a, she starts a matchmaking yeah. Yeah. thing. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, well, this is, I mean, I'm just sitting here taking so many notes. I'm telling you, this is just really good stuff. Uh, I was hoping you could tell us more about your Widow's Benevolent Fund. I've just been liking like crazy on your Facebook, seeing that um, this is kind of a new thing and that it's just being yeah. blessed like mad. Well, I identified very early on that really no, there aren't any grants out there to just financially help. You guys gave away the $500. We need more people doing things like that because I think what people don't understand is losing your spouse is the first loss. What they don't understand are all the secondary losses. Mm -hmm. And the secondary losses are where people lose their footing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that means I lose my job. Or I lost my health insurance, or I um, my car broke down, or now my yard is all you know needs repair, or my home needs repair. Uh-huh. It's so many things that widows need, and it's all at the same time. Sometimes people don't even have the money to bury their husband. Some don't have the money to hire an estate attorney and get everything resolved through probate. Right. There are so many different areas that women need help. But what I didn't see out there were real real people giving money to widows in the areas that they needed it. So mm-hmm. what Richard and I did is we, we rallied with a lot of philanthropists and we raised the money to create this love for widows benevolent fund. And it's, and we started with giving the grants to our widow leaders and then the ladies who actually attend our 30 chapters that we have. And we just started this this month, but we hope that it ends up being a long-term benevolent fund that will turn into an endowment because women are women in widowhood are always going to need a little helping hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so these, our leaders and our chapter members can um, apply for this grant, and it's up to $1,000, and I think we've given away 35 so far. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and we'll so, just and keep going. yes, we'll just keep going, and yes. we'll keep collect. We'll keep raising money, and we'll just keep. It, you know what it is, um, Alita? Mm-hmm. It is that biblical widow, where what she she was told, you know, by the Isaiah the prophet to collect all the vessels, and all she had was a little bit of oil and one pot. And when she was told to pour the pot, this is all we've done: is we've taken the pot we have with a little bit of oil. And we've asked mm-hmm. people to start giving us pots so we can pour the oil and experience abundance for yes. women and widowhood. Amen. Yes, I love yeah. that. I love that. And I know, too, like when you were saying, it's all the secondary losses. And I think that's just such a powerful point to talk about. A lot of our listeners have yeah. have gone through some type of, of widow or, or loss of some kind. 
And um, I was thinking when you were talking about the secondary ones, especially for women who didn't work, like I didn't work. So we had no life insurance and I didn't have um, any experience outside the home really and hadn't been in the workforce for 10 years. And so not only are those, you know, those things, the secondary losses happening, but you've also got these women who are all of a sudden now single parents being mama and daddy and having to learn to be the provider and the defender. And that can feel terrifying too, you know? And so I just think that that's like, it's such a good point that, you know, it wasn't just the loss that feels so awful. It's all of the other things on top of that that just make you feel like you're drowning. And I just think that that's such well, a good point. Well, then I, then I found the Homes and Raised Social Readjustment Scale, and I found out that losing a spouse is 100 stress points. And then when you start in adding all of the other secondary losses, you know, women are experiencing upwards to the point of 300 stress points. And what we know, uh, and this is why I study women's health, is because um, we're, widowhood is an all-upon attack on women's health. And when mm-hmm. you have 300 stress points, you are going to get ill. You're yeah. going to get seriously ill. And then you're not going to be able to support your kids or you're not going to be able to keep your job. And so we don't pay attention and respect uh, the, the fact that losing your spouse is the number one most stressful event. Um, we're, we're really not understanding the fullness of the experience of widowhood and mm-hmm. and so you know just get just to give people who are listening here if you've ever had a baby that's 39 stress points and yeah. everybody knows having a baby is stressful right yes. so that's 39 stress points yeah so, so I, I think for mm-hmm. a lot of people losing a spouse is an unfathomable amount of stress that most people do not have the experience of understanding firsthand right right Yes. So that's so true. And so you're, you're working on this, um, the national widow's day for becoming on June 23rd. Yes. So, uh, in 2016, I was invited to go to the United Nations and this is when my real widow advocacy journey started in that moment. Um, I sat in a room full of widow advocates around the world and I learned from them and I quite honestly felt humble to even stand up and speak because I was speaking for a country that has so many resources and so much so so much wealth and power mm-hmm. and yet we were not whatever the U.S. does western world widows whatever we end up doing people are going to follow us but mm-hmm. even us we have not been doing enough for widows so International Widows Day started in 2010 uh, it took 10 years to petition the United Nations, and it finally happened. And so um, I have been trying for, I guess, eight years to get National Widows Day recognized. We would be the first country to recognize all of the different areas where we need to pay attention to um, the, widow, the women in, and men in widowhood stage. Mm-hmm. And so... Right now, the actual request is on the president's desk, and I'm told that it's going to be signed within two weeks, and we are finally going to, you know, put a stake in the ground and say, let's talk about how we can care for this demographic much better, because we, we have so much so, so much to improve mm-hmm. uh, in this area. So, But that's, they can't, you know, I... I met someone who met someone who finally got me to this place, and and you have to know what you want 
when they come to you and say, what do you want? And I was like, I need National Widow's Day. That'll turn into probably a Widow Summit and a Widow Caucus. And then we can start changing bereavement leave, you know, from three days, which is completely ridiculous. Yes. 12 weeks. <laughs> yes. Like when you have a baby. So yes. Yes. You really can't, you really can't advocate for an underserved demographic of people unless you get into two arenas. Political and religious, which is what everyone tells you not to talk about. Yeah. But you have to. Right. You know, and you have to do it with grace. Yes. Three days bereavement. I can't even it's handle ridiculous. that. It's crazy. I mean, could you imagine how no. it would work three days later? No. I just, no. Yeah, I can't either. That's just. It's, it's, a, it's a complete loophole of the Family Medical Leave Act. And as soon as I brought it up to them, they were, they honestly, literally said, how did we miss this? Mm-hmm. How did this get missed? And and so it's just a, it's just a, it's, um, Bringing it's awareness. an unknowing, it's mm-hmm. a lack of aware- awareness, but it's like when you know, um, you have to share it. And so for me, when I met all of these real widow advocates um, at the United Nations, I just went, I can no longer go back. I have this information. And it took me about a year mm-hmm. to process it before I could, feel like I could step up to that. Because once you become a widow advocate, you can't go back. Your yeah. whole life is dedicated to that. So. Right. And how do you feel like that's changed your life for, I mean, give me like three positives and one thing that you feel <laughs> like, and one thing you feel oh. like that, I mean, it's kind of giving people a look into, you know, how that's really affected your entire life um, and how you've really, you know, given yourself over to the service of widows. I just think yeah. it's amazing. Well, the, I have to tell you, the, the one biggest negative, because it's about the only one, is that you become a target for predators. Right. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Yes. So um, it's we, we block about 5,000 predators off of our public um, Facebook page for Modern Widows Club. But me, personally, I probably have to block about at least 10 a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. it's just a part of my world. The more I get exposed... But I also feel like I have God's protection, right? So yes. they can try, but it's like I have this amazing, like, heart bubble mm-hmm. around me of protection. So I, I don't worry very much at all. It just doesn't hold me back at all. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. But the positives, I'd say one of the big positives was I found my future husband. Yes. You know? Yes. He, yes. If I had not become this person, he never would have found me yes. in that place. Yes. Um, and also, I think it... it it, it's healthy to stand up for something that is to create a right in something that's so wrong. Yes. Yes. And, and so that it brings a lot of purpose and meaning in my life. And it also heals what I did not receive 20 years ago. Mm. And, and it, and what it does for me is it makes me realize someday when my daughters become potentially become the 70% of married women who become widowed mm-hmm. that they won't have the same experience as me so I am creating real change and that's very that's very fulfilling yes <laughs> yes that's a huge that's huge that is huge well I have just absolutely loved everything that you've shared on here mm-hmm. and bringing such awareness um, and I would love to kind of wrap it up with basically sharing the um, the we virtual event that you've got going on on June 26th and 27th and I've gotten to actually attend one of them um, two years ago yeah. and it was right. amazing. I actually brought a widowed friend with me 
And her and I went together and it was just so life-giving, encouraging, healing. Uh, I made some great friends there. Katie Stifter, I just love her. We're still, yeah. we still talk a lot. Um, and so just a great connected and just an amazing, amazing event for widows to gather. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so of course we were going to have our live event, but everything's changed now. Yes. So we, we are we are moving, you know, with what everyone else is doing and going for live events. And we've just hired a company that's going to help us execute it because it's the first time we've ever done a professional live event. But it's going to be um, that Friday, that June um, 26th and 27th. It's going to be a Friday evening and then an all-day Saturday, and there's going to be some live events. But... Um, Oh, I think um, we're considering right now making it no charge. Um, we're applying for wow. some grants to make sure it's, and we, we're actually wanting it to be the largest, we want to break a Guinness Book of World Records of the largest widow virtual event on earth. That's um, amazing. <laughs> because we have so many women, right? we were about to launch a chapter in Australia and New Zealand, and we already have one in Africa. So, you know, the beauty of being virtual is that now we can reach women all over the globe. And right. And we can impact and we can help them become widow leaders, which is what we need more of. Uh, mm -hmm. those, those are the women who will actually, and men, um, who will lead the charge in saying, you know, this is missing and we need to make this happen. But the event mm -hmm. itself is, is fun, like you know, and it's just a lot of knowledge mm -hmm. where... The, the goal really is that when you attend, you can see how well you're doing in some areas, and then you identify the areas that maybe need a little bit of work. Right. And then you can focus your limited time and energy on that part. I love that. Um, yeah. So I that's, love that. that's the, the concept for the whole event is to bring mm -hmm. women exactly what they need at whatever stage they are in. Right. And I love that. So how would we how do we get people to be able to register for that? Is that set up yet or not yet? Um, that's not set up yet, um, but okay. we're going to announce it June 1st. Okay. Um, and so it'll be on the modernwidowsclub.org website, so you'll be able to just go to our main website and sign up for it there. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Carolyn, you have just been a gift. Girl, you are a <laughs> gift to this world. You've been a gift to me personally. Just a gift to so many people, and I know you're a gift to Richard, and I just think that what you guys are doing – I mean, literally just makes me so emotional to think of all you've sacrificed and given up to do this and how that helped me in my walk. And I'm just so forever grateful for all the things that you have done and that, um, you know, just know that you're appreciated and we just appreciate it. And so we're going to put your podcast link in the show notes. We'll put once the registration okay. pops up, we'll put the website in there and all that good stuff. So Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Costa Rica. We absolutely love that. Carolyn, thank you so much. It's been humbling to talk to you. And I'm, I'm going to remember that uh, bridge over the river grief. I'm going to remember that analogy for a long, long time. I appreciate you sharing that with us. You're welcome. And, you know, the, usually I talk to the guys uh, before they uh, marry our widows. And usually um, my advice to them is um, just do whatever it takes to make her happy. Because happy mama... <laughs> He's a happy man, and you know this. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, and he does a very so, good job of it. Congratulations to both of you guys. I, I love that you've invited us all into your story because it really is, it, 
it's, it's you know, God's heart that mm-hmm. we all find purpose and um, finding each other, just like I did with Richard, also yes. made that happen for our life. And so yes. we just keep walking, walking the good path, doing mm-hmm. the good work, important work. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed our first Langford Life podcast interview with Miss Carolyn Moore of Modern Widows Club. We had a blast. Why are you Uh, talking like that? I don't know. What am I doing? Wrong. Listening to you, Modern Widows Club. Modern Widows Club inflection. A blast. We did have a blast. Um, I guess it is something kind of like that, isn't it? Um, no, we had a great time interviewing her. Oh, my her. gosh. It was the best. And what, what you guys don't know is that that was about a 40-minute interview, but we had probably 10 minutes at the front mm-hmm. just to talk with her and probably 15 minutes on the back end. Yes. And it was she's just a wealth of knowledge, and uh, you can tell she's really dug in. This is her area of expertise. Mm-hmm. She cares about it, has a passion for it. Yeah. Her heart is for widows. Yes. And I learned that a – female widow, a fem- someone who is a female is a widow, and someone who is a male is a widower. Did I know ah, that? Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Proper grammar. Yeah. But we also, we learned so much more than that. A lot of heart issue things yeah. about um, just the length of time of grieving, the process, how different it is between a, a woman and a man. And um, because when you say female and male, I think of grasshoppers or praying mantises. <laughs> the female eats the male's yes, head after mating. Yes, you're me out saying that. Yeah. So um, I really loved just her insight. I just feel like every time I hear her talk, I just think, oh, my gosh. I just want to I – wrote, I wrote down so many notes. I mean, she's just Yeah, we've got uh, probably person. two or three good podcasts just by your notes that you took from the interview. Yeah, I mean, just an incredible, incredible woman. So – we hope you enjoyed this. We know you did. I had something and, else to say. Oh. Can I share it? Yeah, of course. Um, I thought, and I said it, I think I said it in the interview, just to how powerful the the bridge over the river of grief yes. was and how she described almost perfectly the difference between how a man and a woman goes through the grief process yeah. and how she just nailed my process. Mm. I mean, almost verbatim of what I went through. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So... So good. I just want to say it one more time. Yeah, I love that. All right. Take us out. Roll that outro. We don't have an outro. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much for hopping on. We love y'all.
She always 